Are you ready to realize the true potential in your life and help others do the same? Get equipped to create a thriving future with the Secrets of Success podcast. Inspire others to live, lead, and work on purpose. And experience the joy of watching satisfaction and productivity come to life. And now, here's your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. You know, each week we want to have experts, individuals who have been there, who have experience, who can add value to your life. You know, we call the secrets of success. In many cases, it's just common sense. And so I am very, very pleased to have a long-term colleague, friend who really kind of uh, supported me when I got in this industry Uh, nearly 25 years ago. We were just reminiscing prior to getting on the show about him taking me out for lunch and just encouraged me in this industry. So I just want everybody to welcome my friend Peter Lake to the show. Welcome, Peter. Thank you, Ken. It's an honor to be with you. (laughs) Well, just to give the the listeners a bit of a, a background, uh, you know, Peter, you are the founder of Canada Wide Media, you know, a, a publishing and media and communications company. You've also been a professional speaker. Is it nearly 40 years now? It's been exactly 40 years, yeah. 40, 40 years. So you have a lot of experience that's out there. Uh, I actually have in front of me a personally signed you to me called Make Your Life a Masterpiece. So I'm just holding it right now and honoring it as we kind of interact with you. So Peter, you know, you've had a lot of success in life, a lot of journeys, but also a lot of stories to tell. You're one of, just so that people know, you're one of the best keynote presenters uh, out there because you use story, because you connect with people with real situations. But what's Peter's story, sort of, how did you get here? Uh, Just give us a little bit of your background as far as your journey to uh, you know, coming to Canada and then really developing this successful business of yours. So what, what's your journey? What's your story? Well, thank you, Ken. Uh, my parents emigrated from London, England to uh, Vancouver uh, when I was 12 years of age. And we set up residence, so my parents did in New Westminster, and I went to Lester Pearson High School named after a great uh, Prime Minister, Lester Pearson. I then went into the, I went from, uh, graduated from Lester Pearson High School, and then I went into the newspaper business and have pretty much been involved in media ever since uh, high school days. Newspapers, Mm -hmm. radio stations, TV stations, uh, representing television and radio stations across Western Canada, And I was working for a radio station as a sales manager in Langley, CJJC, which is is no longer on the air, unfortunately. And the owner and I had philosophical differences, so he fired me. Now, I'm not the first guy to be fired. I'm not the only guy to be fired, and it's not the neatest place uh, to ever be. Uh, So I thought to myself, what can I do so I can never be fired again? I can only be fired because of my own incompetence or neglect of duties and not the whims of of the owner or the manager of whatever the property I was working on. So I found this magazine 
for those uh, the audience that are from uh, British Columbia, Vancouver, they might remember Big Al Davidson from CKNW, best sportscaster ever. He had a magazine called Al Davidson's This Week, and he went bankrupt. And so I went to the printer, and I discovered that uh, Al had left them with a a bill of $72,000, which over 40 years ago was uh, a lot lot of money. money. And (laughs) I said, I'll guarantee that $72,000. I can't pay for it immediately, but you can move it from an accounts uh, receivable, negative accounts receivable, to a positive accounts receivable. And he said, well, what do you want for it? I said, I want the magazine. So we cut the deal, uh, and I, I bought the magazine, and we changed the name from Al Davidson's This Week to TV Week magazine. And that was 42, 43 years ago. And so we, have, we started the company then, and we have built it uh, bit by bit over these last 42 years, where we are now the largest independent, family-owned media company in Western Canada, and very, very, proud, to, very proud of that. Well, congratulations on that, and I know that you do excellent work. Um, you know, we have international listeners from all around the world, but you have a magazine, uh, BC Business, uh, which is esteemed as one of the best magazines around identifying businesses. Now, um, Peter, you have three lovely daughters. Are isn't a couple? Are, aren't a couple of them in your business, or one of them, or? Yes, yes. I got three daughters: Samantha, Rebecca, and Amanda. Samantha. Uh, has been with the company a little over 20 years, and a couple of years ago I appointed her president. Uh, she's doing a terrific job. Uh, my middle daughter, Rebecca, has been there also for 20 years, and she has elevated herself to uh, sales manager. And my youngest daughter, Amanda, never really wanted to be in the business, although she is a, in an ownership position. Uh, she is a school teacher in uh, Port Coquitlam, just outside of uh, Vancouver. So I've got three beautiful daughters, and we spend a lot of time together, but only two are in the business. Well, that's pretty neat when um, you know family can work together for 20 years. That's really a testament, Peter, to the relationship that you have, because not every family can work together. No, no, that's, that's true. And uh, right, right from day one, uh, I was never dad or father or pop or anything like that. Uh, when they came to the office on uh, Mondays to Fridays or whatever it was, I was always referred to as Peter. And even today, if a client comes to the office and uh, they uh, would say to Samantha or Rebecca, well, I want to see your father. No, no, you want to see Peter. So they, they, they cut that conversation very short and say, yes, he might be my father, but in the office he's Peter and he's the, he's the owner. We have a good working relationship. Uh, we don't agree on everything. But the, the, the beauty of, of family, uh, and, and because they've been at the company for so long, they started at the very bottom in, in the departments they were working in. And so over the course of the years, they ended up learning uh, about each department and how everything operates so they were very knowledgeable when I asked them to take on uh, these senior positions. Oh, that's great. And, you know, if you can have that relationship, uh, there's, there's loyalty, there's commitment, there's understanding, uh, there's I've got your back um, mindset, and, you know, 20 years of mentorship from you. So that's congratulations on that. Oh. So, so, Peter, you've 
now written 20 books. Wow. What, well, I, what's really I, the motivation behind uh, getting your words in print? What drives you to do that many books? Uh, so well, basically the, one every other year yeah. since you've been speaking. Well, the, 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 the first thing uh, was really ego. I wanted to be a speaker, a businessman, and an author. And I thought that having a book to my name would uh, uh, give me some credibility. Um, and the first book was called How to Soul with the Eagles. It really has nothing to do with eagles. It was just the name I came up with. And it became a bestseller. And someone encouraged me to write a second book. And I discovered more by accident that if you have read one of my books and you like it, you're more inclined to read the second one or the third one or the fourth one. And so there's a basic audience already there um, mm. for the books. So uh, we, we print 10,000 at a time. And as you probably know, a Canadian bestseller hardcover is, is about 10,000 copies. And so um, I've got clients now that say, well, I'll, I'll buy 100 books. I've got one client that buys 1,000 books every December, uh, or every, every December that I have a book. So it has become a profitable uh, business center for me and my company. But I think I've got things to say that, that you, you might know or you might have heard them before, but when you see them in writing, you say, aha, yes, I could do that. Uh, I could be that. I could make those changes. And mm. uh, to me, uh, reading, uh, number one, reading is, is absolutely paramount to anybody's success. Uh, and then when you can back that up, that you're an author and have written 20 books, that helps the credibility when you want to be a speaker for an organization in Edmonton or Winnipeg or Toronto, whatever it is. And they say, well, could you bring some of my books and uh, well, bring, bring some of your books? And so it, it's, it helps the all-around package of, of being a professional speaker and a professional writer and a professional business person. And I think that helps me uh, stay connected, uh, in, in, connected in, the, mm. in the speaking business and the business and with my audience. Absolutely. You know, there was... Um you know, different marketers over the years, Peter, who said, you know, uh, if you have an audience and they like your style, then they just want to continue to consume from you. Yes. And uh, by not producing, you're actually doing them a disservice. Yes. So, <laughs> so thank and, you for that. And, you know, and, and, and with, this, with this Internet business and Amazon.com, and um, you, you could be phoning me today from uh, Rio, and say, I want one of Peter's books. And Heather would say, well, then you just go to Amazon.com, type in Peter Legg and the power of tenacity, and you can order it from them. So we've now got a worldwide audience, uh, which is, which is mm -hmm. not exactly huge, but nevertheless, it's there. And it wasn't there five or six years ago. Well, uh, yeah, the, the online space is transformed, especially for those people who are authors. The interesting yes. thing is you say you're a best-selling author, Peter. We know the majority of books, 95% plus, I don't know the exact number, don't sell ever over 500. So uh, just to get into that space is, is rare in its own. Um, you know, thank you for that. And we'll come to your brand new book, The Power of Tenacity, in a few minutes. But before I do, Peter, 
I want to spend a few minutes with you. Um, you know, being a speaker is one thing. But one of the other credibility points for you is you have built this multi-million dollar company. And in a time where publishing and media companies have gone bankrupt, bankrupt one after another, I want to hear your story about why and how you have stayed relevant and what were some of the core things that you have done to be successful as a company when many others, you know, huge companies, much larger than even yours or mine, uh, have failed. So what, what are some of those keys? What is it that has really driven Peter Legg's company to be successful? Well, I, when, I, when I started the media part of my life, I decided, uh, and I didn't know how wise this decision was when I made it, that I would not be an international uh, company, that I would be a regional publisher. Now, that means we, we might have uh, magazines in Alberta or Winnipeg or Toronto, but each one is done regionally. And so let's take BC Business Magazine, and, and thank you for your, your flattering remarks. It is considered the number one uh, regional business magazine in all of Canada, but focuses almost entirely on, on BC business uh, and, and BC businesses. We do do stories on Alberta and Saskatchewan, what have you. So we're able to make quick changes that a national or international uh, organization can't make that quickly. Um, our staff is only about 60, whereas a, a big international company, their staff might be 600. So if you're shutting down a magazine that employs 150, 200 people and you've got severances and layoffs and offices to close uh, or, to, or consider to pay for, that becomes very, very uh, challenging. We know most of our advertisers uh, on a first-name basis. Uh, we take them good packages, good illustrations, good stories, and uh, we're, we're probably... 95% uh, paid in terms of subscription base. Uh, so that, that being regional by nature, every one of our magazines is regional by nature, and that works to our advantage. It keeps us small. Like we're not going to be um, a huge company because we don't do huge ma uh, press run magazines. That, I think, has been one of the secrets of our success. Wow. And the other thing, so you've really stayed, you know, I was picking something up, a theme there, I think that many of us can lose in this international, um, it's almost like this frantic thing to be global, is that you, what I picked up in there, Peter, was is this uh, quest, this underlying value of staying connected and building personal relationships. Yes. Let, let's assume for a minute, because uh, I was born there, let's assume I had two magazines and an office in London, but we're headquartered in Vancouver. Just to go to London back and forth is a week to 10 days. To go there, to take the eight-hour time change, to do two or three days' worth of business, uh, that's a whole week or 10 days. and You've got to do that maybe three or four times a year. Uh, if you're the owner, you're the president, or you're the CEO. Well, that's, that's maybe six or seven weeks a year. Uh, 
Um, it might be a very successful operation, but if something goes wrong in London or Toronto or in the United States or anything like that, and, and you're on the point, um, it, it's very challenging to be able to, to juggle all of that. So being, being virtually 100% Canadian, 100% Western Canadian, it's easy to get to Calgary or Edmonton or Winnipeg or even on, uh, Ontario. So keeping, 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 you know, you, you never, you never want to lose more money than you can afford to. And I think a lot Explain of people. Explain that, Peter. What do you mean by that? Well, if I'm if I'm going to, okay, um, um, I'm, 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 let's let's go to the power of tenacity because it just came out. I print ten thousand copies, and I know we'll sell ten thousand copies. Uh, I'm not going to print twenty thousand copies and sit on ten thousand copies because I have to pay for them up front, and they're going to sit in the warehouse and get dusty and. Uh, if they don't sell, then I've got to eat them and write them off or give them away or what have you, and I don't want to do that. So don't risk any more than you can afford to lose. So I, can have, I know I'm going to sell 10,000 copies, 9,000 to 10,000 copies. So my, my costs, I, I can afford those costs because I know in four or five months I'm going to get them all back. It's the same thing with magazines, the same thing with staff, it's the same thing with decisions. Um, would you buy this company? It's a million dollars. I don't want to do that because it's going to take me five years to pay that million dollars off based on your pro- projections for your company, your organization. I don't want to do that because some, some things could go wrong easily in, in those four years. So I don't risk more than I can afford to lose. Mm. Now, what if I'm starting out? What would be recommendations? Since we've kind of gone down this stream, I have a couple more questions around the business, and then we'll come back to the power of tenacity. Is I'm a new entrepreneur. I'm a young millennial. I'm somebody who maybe even in my late 20s, early 30s, and I want to move into this entrepreneurial stream. What would be some advice or wisdom that you would say to me where really I, I don't even have hardly any money. So how do I start? How do I, what would you say? Well, I'd, I'd say um, keep your operations not tiny but manageable. Um, you don't need big downtown Vancouver offices. You don't need a lot of staff, probably. If you're going to be in my business, uh, you could contract out the art department. You could contract out the writing. You could certainly contract the, the printing. We, we don't do any of our printing. We, we contract that out. So you keep things um, to scale that you can afford because you as the individual are really the front and center person for, that organ, for your organization. So you want to be out there making the sales – uh, and sales is absolutely key. If nobody sells anything, then you're not going to be around very long. They either have to subscribe, they have to buy advertising. If it's us, they have to buy magazines, they have to buy books, whatever, whatever, whatever it is you're doing. Sales has to be number one. Because if people are not going to uh, give you their money to buy your product, you're going to be out of business. So you don't need, you, I don't need a big fancy office like a Jimmy Patterson has, but he's got a $10 billion company. Uh, we've got nice offices, 
uh, they're very respectable. But we, we started out uh, with a little cubbyhole uh, on a little side street in Burnaby uh, here in British Columbia. It wasn't fancy offices, but nobody came to our offices except the staff. It was clean. It was tidy. But we didn't risk more than we could afford to lose. So if you're starting out today, um, you might have to invest in letterhead. You might have to invest in business cards. You might have to invest in a brochure that describes your enterprise. And then you need to sell that product. And you need to get people to commit to pay for that product. And then you grow there. Mm. Now, Peter, this, this is a, a segue. I hadn't really planned this, but this is perfect. You know, we've done several sort of podcasts on sales, and, and it's interesting. You know, what do you say to the individual who says, well, I don't really like sales. You know, I, you know, even our own industry where there's a lot of people who are now coaches or consultants that said, listen, I want to consult, but I really – I really don't like the word sales, or there's some kind of negative connotation. What, what would you say to those individuals who say, well, listen, I want to be an entrepreneur, but I don't like selling? Um, and, and unless I knew specifically what you're going to be an entrepreneur doing, somebody has to sell what you're doing. So, somebody has to be in charge of sales. And it's, 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 not, it's not like, well, Build it and they will come. I suppose that could be true. But, but somebody has to sell the, the organization. Somebody has to sell mm -hmm. my speeches. Somebody has to sell my books. Somebody has to sell pages in BC Business Magazine. Somebody has to sell subscriptions, uh, what, whatever it is. Um, and, and, and call it whatever you will. It is sales, sales 101. And I think right. – if, 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 you, if, if, you, if you're going to be in business and you do nothing about sales, don't go into the business or have your partner in the business be a crackerjack salesperson. Because if you can't sell it, how are you going to pay the bills at the end of this month? Absolutely. And what do you say to people who have this sort of, I think it's a, a, a mindset thing, but to have this negative connotation about salespeople? What would you say to help them overcome this? I would probably, and I would, I'd say this with respect, Ken, I would say they don't quite understand sales um, and they put it, they're, they're putting a, a bad image on sales. If I'm trying to sell you something, like if, if, if you phoned me today and you said, um, and nine out of ten people phone and say, Talk to Heather. We want Peter to speak in Banff. How much is he? And that's the last question we answer. Okay, well, when is it? Well, how much is he? But when is it? Well, it's May the 5th. Why is that important? Well, he can't do May the 5th. He's in Europe. So he could be free. So what difference does it make? So right. when is it? Where is it? Who's it for? How many people? Blah, blah, blah. blah. go all through these questions and the last question we answer is the, is the sales thing. Well, uh, there's 400 people. Uh, do you have an educational budget? Well, yes, we do. Well, would you like to buy 400 books that you could put on people's pillows in the hotel room uh, as soon as Peter has finished speaking? Oh, yes, we'd like to do that. Well, they, they, that's, you've just made $10,000 there. So you, you've got some other things uh, that you're going to bring into the mix 
before you get to what your fee is uh, for um, uh, for your speech. Is there a bureau involved? No, there isn't. Well, there's 30% right there that you could play with. Um, so there's, there's, there's different ways of doing it. I do that with every whatever I'm selling. If I'm selling you a page in BC Business or a campaign in BC Business or a sponsorship in BC Business, I want to ask you what your needs are first. What are you trying to accomplish uh, as, as a business person? What is it you're trying to reach? Maybe one of our magazines is a, a fit. Maybe it's not. Maybe you want to do something else. Maybe it's a newsletter. Maybe you just want to be interviewed as a story. Uh, so ask questions. It, it, I, if you're like me, and I think most of your audience is, there's a, a, you probably take a yellow or white uh, fool's cap uh, where you ask your questions. The guy that makes the best notes generally wins. And in the top left-hand corner of my fool's cap is a big L. And people say, what does that L mean? The L is for me, it stands for listen. Listen to what the client is saying to you. Because maybe he really needs what you're selling, or maybe he doesn't, and you need to determine that. So, And it's a values-based. It's not something I do to somebody. It's somebody I do with somebody. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I, I think to be a, a, a successful car salesman, uh, you really need to understand your product and, and uh, how it works and the, the technology behind it. But years ago, there was a, a very bad uh, accent they used to use. Oh, you're just like a used car salesman. They just want to get that mm -hmm. car sold to you and off the lot. That's the furthest thing from being a professional consultative salesperson that analyzes with you what you're trying to accomplish. Um, so what, 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 why do you think you need a speaker? Why do you think you need me? What is exactly do you want your audience to go away with when I've done my hour or my 45 minutes? And most speakers don't answer that question. So yeah, that is amazing. Yeah. You start so with that, the end in mind. Yeah, start with the end in mind. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Peter. Sorry, that little segue I think is for everybody because, you know, the other uh, comment I have for individuals, and I'm sure you do too, is that, you know, I said who's in sales, and the answer should be everybody. Exactly. You know, if I'm selling myself in a position, a job, trying to influence my boss as far as a new idea for marketing, we are all or teenagers trying to go out for the night and say, Mom and Dad, I need the car. <laughs> They're selling. You remember these, those days, I'm sure, right, Peter? Yeah. We're in California right now, and I was shopping yesterday for a suit at Macy's because they have 50% uh, off sales. And then I remembered when I was in Macy's in, in Palm Springs uh, six months ago, they offered uh, an additional, plus the 50% off, an additional 25% off if you put the suit on your Macy's credit card, which we have. But the sign wasn't there. And so I said to the individual, I said, you know, I, I like the suit, 50% off is good. I said, you could easily make this sale if you could reintroduce today that 25% off using your credit card. He said, I can do that. So I'm selling him on how to sell me. So I basically got 75% off my suit. 
I'm coming down to take a look at it. You're, you're very happy with that, and aren't we? So, I mean, yeah. a lot of times people want to buy. It's just people get in the way of uh, selling to them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well thank well, you for that, I, Peter. I, now, I, I just – go ahead. A very good question, Ken, a salesman could ask at the end of the discussion is whether the guy says yes or no, whether the client says yes or no, simply say, what is it? What could I have said today or what could I say today that would cause you to say yes? And then be quiet. And generally, nine times out of ten, the client will tell you, well, if you could allow me to use my wife's credit card for 25% off, I'd buy the suit. If you could give me ten free books, if you could give me... 50 books to give away to all my sponsors to the convention that you're speaking at, whatever it is, then you could quickly determine, do I want to do that? Uh, so you have to be agile and, and, know, and know your product or your products, because if you're asking that question, you're basically getting the guy to say, well, if you do this, I'll do this. Then you say to him, so what you're telling me is, if I give you 50 books to give to all of your sponsors that are sponsoring the contract, we can conclude this deal? He pretty much has to say yes. Well, that's selling. Love it. Love it, Peter. I think a lot of people get fearful and, you know, this whole fear of rejection. It's really not about that, is that some people will, some people won't. Uh, so what? So I, I want to make a transition, Peter, because we could probably, being both in sales background, could stay here for a while. I really want to spend a, 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 at least a few minutes on your latest book, The Power of Tenacity. You know, a lot of people are talking about resilience, and maybe that's a synonym to that. But uh, just share with a little bit uh, with us, what are some of the core takeaways from that book? And by the way, everybody listening, it is available on Amazon.ca, and so they, uh, people can just order it straight after this podcast if they wish. So what are some of the takeaways that you have in the power of tenacity? And what was the motivation as far as writing it? What's in it for us? Well, I, I think it, it – well, no, I actually, I know this. I, 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 say, I, think, I think it came down to uh, when we celebrated over 40 years in the speaking business and 42 years in the magazine business, and we can probably say that we've never lost uh, operating money in any of those 40 years – uh, and I'm not, not I don't take myself too seriously, but I don't take myself seriously that I, I've got it actually made in the shade, as they say. But um, the, the power of tenacity is really you've got to hang in there. If, if, you, if you truly think you're on the right track uh, with your product or your service, uh, you're going to get lots of no's and lots of maybes, and if you learn the sales techniques of saying, well, what would cause you to say yes? You've got to make a lot of calls and you've got to marry a lot of those people before, before you've, you've got it made. So tenacity is hanging in there. And my good friend uh, and longtime mentor, Joe Siegel, he said, um, the people with tenacity have a tendency to be more successful over the long haul than the people that do not have tenacity. Um, there's a, there's a great book out, uh, which I just finished reading by Angela Duckworth, called Grit. 
And I had difficult finding the, the, this book because it's basically the same thing as Tenacity because she had it for sale uh, here in the United States in Barnes & Noble in the psychology section, which I would never look for a book in the psychology section. Uh, but mm. tenacity is hanging in there and not giving up. You may have to change directions. You may have to change your presentation. You may have to change your thinking about what you're doing. But you've got to hang in there. You've got to believe in your product, in your service, and the value you bring and encourage that potential purchaser uh, that, that this is the right, right thing for him. So that's what tenacity is. And because I've been in business over 40 years, I think I have earned the right because I demonstrated uh, what the book is all about. Now, you, you um, and I concur, <laughs> so, so on that note, that's for sure. So you talk about good habits. So, uh, you know, I have this stick to itiveness. What in, and how are, you know, how and what are some things that I need to be embracing uh, to develop some habits so that I can move towards and, and really embrace or live out this tenacity mindset? Well, one, one of the, if not the, most influential uh, author and speaker, certainly in North America, is, is John Maxwell. And I've, I've only met him a couple of times. But uh, he says that whatever business you're in, um, whatever venture you've decided to be a part of, you need to know that it's all uphill. And when I first heard that from John, I thought, I really like that. It's, it's all uphill, yeah. Um, and, then, and then he said, just don't develop downhill habits because it takes about, according to the London uh, School of Business, it takes about 66 days to develop a habit, either a good habit or a bad habit. So um, developing good habits uh, and tenacity is one of those things of hanging in there. Mm. What would be a couple other habits? And then what do you think John means by all uphill? What would that help me as a listener to understand that a little bit further? What do you think that is? Well, let, let's, let's assume uh, you've got all next week planned. But your breakfast, your lunches, your meetings, your presentations, your, your time for returning phone calls and personal one-on-one -on -one times, and you've got the week pretty much planned, then at 9.15 on Monday morning, something goes wrong. Something that you were not expecting that might take a couple hours of your time that you hadn't got budgeted. So that's what he was saying, that it, it's all uphill. Uh, there, there are challenges every day. Um, um, in, in Western Canada, including Vancouver, this winter has been one of the worst winters, I think, uh, in the last 15 or 20 years. That's all uphill. So you've got to allow for the, the postman not delivering your magazines if they're going to a house because they can't get down the driveway. Then you've got a, uh, uh, a subscriber or a client phoning, where's my magazine? So that's what he's talking about. Things are not as simple as you'd like them to be, even though you have worked very hard to to make them that way. And so I completely under the, the light went off my head when he said that. 
whatever you're trying to do, whatever success you're trying to do, you need to know it's all uphill. Something will go wrong Monday at 10 after 9 that I'm not expecting. So you have to anticipate deal with Anticipate the unanticipated. Yeah. Just, just the fa- it's just the fact of life versus getting down. So not to go in the wrong direction here, but what would be a couple of downhill habits that you have observed in others that really have hindered their success in life that we really want to do our best to avoid or to reduce? Now, did you say negative habits? Yeah. So what would be a couple of downhill <laughs> habits downhill that habits. you've just observed in other people, yeah, downhill or negative, that you really have observed in others that has hindered their success? Well, perhaps not in this order, but number one is I am astounded at how few business people, men and women, are ardent readers of other people's work. And I'm talking the Napoleon Hills, the Dale Carnegie's, the John Maxwell, who has written over 100 books. Uh, the Peter yeah. Legs, the Ken Keyses. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Read those books. Uh, I'm going to get two or three things out of your, one of your books. I'm going to underline it with a yellow pen so that I can refer back to it uh, next week, next month. That Ken Key, what, he said this about this, and I'm going to find out what that is. So the number one thing is, how are you growing uh, as, as an individual? Uh, and I think to me, you know, last year I read 82 books, 82 books. If I got, and I did, if I got one idea, one quote, one illustration, one aha out of each book, and I probably got a lot more than that out of each book, uh, I'm going to be so f- further ahead than the average person that doesn't read a book. Well, so it's interesting, say, Peter. I just want to support you 100%. I'm not sure if you know this stat or not, and I, I forget the source now, but 85 to 87% of people never read a book after high school. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that statistic is bang on. It's unfortunately So, so what correct. you're saying, which we, I mean, we have a, learning and instructional style tool is that if you want to stay on top of it, you want to grow, then you need to be consuming uh, intellectual content. This is not social media, Facebook feeds about who had what for dinner. This has to do with growth in uh, mostly nonfiction. Well, let me ask you this question. Well, it's fiction. Um, Warren Buffett, who is, if he's not the wealthiest man in the world, he's certainly in the top two or three. Right. He, he said to his pilot once, he said, you must have dreams greater than flying me around the world. And the pilot said, yes, I do. He said, well, let me take you through the three steps. Step number one, you write down a list of the 25 career goals that, you, that your dreams for you, your career goals, your ambitions, your dreams. You do some soul searching and you check and circle the five highest priority goals, just five out of the 25. You take another hard look at the 20 goals that didn't make the list, and then you avoid those at all costs, and you focus on those five dreams, those five goals, those five ambitions, those five things that you really want to do for your career. Now, that was out of a book I just finished reading yesterday. I've read something like that before, but that just jumped out at me. So what I'm going to do after this phone call is I'm going to write down the 25 
career goals for this year and bring them down to five, the, the top five, and work on those for 2017. That's just one page out of one book. So, so this downhill, <clears throat> this habit we really set, you're just, as you said, and, and I'm with you too, just shocked the fact that most people are not readers. They're not learners. Uh, one of the ways that uh, people learn now, I mean, this is the reason for this podcast, right, Peter? Yes. Is to help encourage people, to give them yes. some ideas. Uh, I consume between 30 minutes and 90 minutes every day in podcast learning. So in some form or another, not music. Yeah. So, so that's there. Now is there, you know, we're getting close to the end of our time here, Peter. So what are a couple more things? If you were to just kind of sum, uh, summarize in the next you know, two to five minutes, okay. a couple more uh, strategies or things to consider of wisdom with 40 years plus, what would that be for me? Punctuality. Uh, I, I do a lot of meetings virtually every day. And my uh, modus operandi, and I learned this from Jimmy Patterson, is don't be on time, be five minutes early. So if I've got a lunch with you next Wednesday, uh, downtown Vancouver, I will be there at 10 to 12. And you know I will be there at 10 to 12. So you're going to work as hard as you can to be there on time for me because you know I'm going to be there. So punctuality and when people know that you're punctual, uh, they, will, they will work heaven and earth to get there. So how do I, if I, my offices are in Burnaby, it's a 45-minute drive. I've got to allow for traffic. I've got to allow for parking. I've got to allow for all these uh, other inconveniences because I need to be there on time. That, to me, is, is uh, very important. Um, Self-discipline, uh, you've, you've, you've got to take control of, of you and your moods. I think you've got to be a very good listener. Take lots of notes and ask lots of questions. Um, you, it, you've got to have goals. You've got to have dreams. You've got to have objectives, much like we just mentioned a minute ago on, on Warren Buffett. And you can ask, what are your goals and dreams this year? Well, I don't have any. Well, so do you have any goals and dreams for this month? Well, no. How about this week? No. How about today? No, I don't. I'm just, so you're just a wandering generality. So you've got to be very specific as, as of what you're trying to do. I think honesty and integrity, decency, uh, being known as a person uh, who is, always tells the truth, regardless. Always, always tell the truth. Um, you might not like it, but you know it's the truth. I had a meeting with someone the other day, and they said, you don't trust me. I said, no, no, I trust you. I just don't agree with you. There's a difference. Um, so you need to be a person of, of integrity, of character, mm. of honesty. Th those, those should be givens. Unfortunately, they're not. If you screw up, and we do, right, because it's if you want right. to be successful, it's all uphill. You need to be honest. Say, this is what I was trying to do, and this is what happened, and I didn't get it done, but this is what I'm doing about it. People will respect that honesty and integrity and, and give you the benefit of the doubt. Versus just blowing smoke. And you're right. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the dishonesty that's out there um, or lack of integrity, I mean, if I say the word Wall Street, people just have a certain 
it has a certain reputation. So exactly. what you are saying is, you know what, never compromise my core values of integrity and honesty. Yeah. There was, there was a great, I think it was Roy Disney um, made this quote. He, he was at a, a Paris hotel uh, many, many years ago. And the quote isn't attributed to him, but the reporting of the quote is attributed to him. It was a Paris hotel, and it said, please leave your values at the front desk. And what they meant to say is, please leave your valuables at the front desk. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, English is a second language, right? Yes. Uh, On that. Well, uh, any final words for us, Peter, as, as we depart and wrap up the show for today? Well, I, I think if, if you've got time, if, if you have to delete this, I understand then. But the, the number one example to me uh, is my good friend, Joe Siegel. He said to me, your life is like a runway. It is as a beginning, it has a middle, and it has an end. And let's assume your runway of life is zero to 85. God puts you on the runway and God takes you off the runway. What you do on the runway is completely up to you. But you need to know that the runway is finite. It's not a highway, which can go on forever and ever. It is a runway. And so maximize each day, uh, Tell people you love them if you love them. Tell people you admire them. Tell people you respect them. Do what you say you're going to do because life is very short. And uh, you, you, want to, you want to, I think, some, I wish I knew who said this. Someone said, I want to suck the marrow right out of life. I want to go at the end of my life having done everything I could, being a loving and faithful uh, husband and father and grandfather an honest uh, business person that can be counted on. Uh, and that's, that's what I'm trying to do every single day of my life. Thank you, Peter. Uh, no, we don't need to delete that. That's included in the show. And, okay. and people get to go back and can listen to this again and again. And one of the things that I will attest and, and just confirm to the listeners is that that's how I know you, Peter. Um, I've, it's just been that way for our interactions over the last 25 years. And so I appreciate and I thank you for living out your values and being uh, really an ambassador of that or a demonstration of how that can, uh, can work. Because a lot of times uh, people might say, you know what, uh, being honest doesn't work in business. But you have proven that absolutely to be a false statement. Yeah. I think there are more dishonest people out there, unfortunately, in business, then there are honest people. And the graveyard is full of those dishonest people uh, that are not respected, not admired, not appreciated, not valued, not, they're not lifted up. They're not so it's that you need to do what that person does uh, because over the long haul, that's what counts. Okay. I agree that. Well, on that note, Uh, Thanks, Peter. Uh, Just stay on the line here with us. But uh, uh, thanks, Peter, for uh, being our guest and taking time out of your uh, sunny holiday to to join us. Well, thank you, Ken. Appreciate it very much. Well, listeners, you know, uh, again, just a privilege to have Peter with us today. And as we, you know, wrap up every show, I just encourage that if this has been of value to you, 
that you would share it. You would pass it on. Um, you know, put some comments in iTunes or SoundCloud about uh, how this has served, this, uh, served you, how this has helped you. Uh, you know, for Peter, if you want to find out more about Peter and his speaking, what's the website, Peter, that they can go to? Uh, Peter Legg uh, at CanadaWide.com is my web address, but if they just put in Peter Legg speaking, uh, it will come up. They'll get a hold of Heather. Okay, awesome. That'll be great. And so people will contact you. Your new book is The Power of Tenacity, you know, available on Amazon. So go online and order that book and uh, learn more from Peter. And as he said, and as I agreed, you know, learning is very paramount. It's critical to our success. And I challenge anybody who's listening, who's, listened, who's read 82 books this, this year, and, uh, like Peter has. The other thing is, is that if you know, if you want to learn more about CRG's resources, CRGleader.com or myself as a speaker, KenKeys.com. But I always thank you that you have given us the most precious thing that you have given uh, that you have, and that is your time. So hopefully we have served you. Thank you for listening to Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keys. Thanks for exploring the secrets of success with us. If you want to keep the momentum going, log on to crgleader.com, scroll to the bottom and sign up for our inspirational emails. You can also take your success to the next level by following us on Facebook and Twitter and connecting with Ken on LinkedIn. We hope you have a great week and look forward to you joining us next time for the Secrets of Success podcast with Dr. Ken Keyes.